This podcast takes you into the rarely discussed realm of the personal decisions leaders have taken that have influenced their business decisions and developed them into the leaders they are today. The refreshingly honest experiences of those who have been very successful provide an insight into the challenges they faced, the successes they achieved, and the people who influenced them along their journey. Here's our host, Mark Silvera. Welcome to Business Made Personal. This podcast is brought to you by the insurance industry's leading education and events provider, ANZIF, via their Careers in Insurance initiative. I'm Mark Silvera. I have with me Nick McClarty. Now, Nick McClarty is the National Manager Broking at McClarty McShane Insurance Brokers. He joined the group in 2014, and Nick has worked in various areas of the business throughout his career. He also recently is about to be married and is the father to a German shorthead pointer. Hey, Nick, really pleased to have you on Business Made Personal. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much for having on. Hey, mate, absolute pleasure. I want to talk a little bit about you in terms of your life growing up because I know your father and I've been associated with him since the OM days many, many moons ago, Don McClarty. But what was life like growing up for you? First of all, we had a very lucky childhood, I guess, and a very lucky upbringing. We were one of four kids. We grew up in, I spent most of our childhood growing up in Camwell, sort of eastern suburbs, Melbourne. Yeah, spent a lot of time hanging out with each other, really, the four of us, all very into sport. Uh, most weekends are made up sort of driving around to all of our different sports. So mum and dad spent a heap of their middle age probably driving around in the Pajero. Yeah, no, we were a very close-knit family, yeah, with a very lucky childhood. So having someone that was in insurance, did you feel that was likely to be your chosen career? I mean, did, have your, your other siblings followed the same path as you? Um, it's a good question. I think growing up, we, well, I can speak for myself, I didn't actually really have any idea what, what dad did for work until I was sort of late teens because when you start sort of studying and you're doing different business degrees and you sort of get a fair idea of how the insurance industry fits in. But but growing up, yeah, no, none of us had really any intention on, you know, joining the insurance industry until later in the piece. And now, now I've been there coming up 10 years. My brother, he heads up our premium funding business internally. So he's also involved in the industry. And my older sister, who um, has just come back from New York, she was over there for about nine years, has joined the business only a few months ago. So yeah, we're all involved in some degree. And my younger sister worked in our Byron Bay office for a year or so. So we've all sort of come back to the nest. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because often people gravitate towards it or they gravitate way, way, way away from it. So it's interesting that all four of you have decided to to join the business. So you mentioned you completed your bachelor's degree and that was in management at Deakin in 2016. When you were doing that, what was your career plan? What were you looking to do with that degree? To be honest, Mark, it wasn't much of a career plan then. It was more of a get through university plan, I think. I wasn't a huge fan of university or or studying or, you know, I wasn't a very studious person in general. So uni was more about just getting it done really and meeting a few people and having a bit of fun along the way. So yeah, in terms of my career, I didn't really have any idea what I was going to going to do or what I wanted to do really. So did you start straight in insurance after you finished your qualification? Yeah, insurance was my first professional job, I guess. I had a few, you know, I was coaching footy teams and working in a furniture business for a few years who, with a great mate of mine, but insurance industry was my first sort of professional office desk job, I guess, yeah. So let's talk about that. So why did you decide to take up something in insurance? I think I didn't really know what I was, what I wanted to do. And then it got to a point where Don sort of said, look, why don't you give the insurance 
you know, industry ago. It's something I hadn't really thought about. I knew that he had a very fun career and, you know, he met one of his best mates now, business partner in the industry. So it was always something that was was in the background. But yeah, he sat me down one night and said, why don't you go and work with a great mate of his called Barry Fitzpatrick, who I'm sure you'll know and a lot of the industry knows, a really great guy in the industry. And yes, I went and worked with him for 12 months or so as a bit of a claims junior executive to sort of learn the ropes and see if I liked it. So yeah, I'm forever grateful for Barry for showing me the ropes early days. Yeah, I think everyone should start in the claims area, mate, because that's where the rubber hits the road, right? Yeah, no, it was a great way to learn. And we sort of have a very similar strategy now with all our junior staff. We'll either get them, you know, domestic personal lines or a bit of claims. You sort of see, you know, see how the whole industry works very early on. You know, once you started, other than, you know, Barry and, and your father, did you have other people that you looked to as mentors or that were major influences for you in those younger years? Apart from David Schwartz and Jeffrey the Wizard Farmer, I think it's probably a bit of a cliche answer, but my parents were both like, I guess they were obviously natural leaders and mentors of all four kids. But between the two of them, I think we've got, you know, most of their characteristics blend in to all four of us. Mum's a very loving and caring person where Don's obviously very loving and caring as well. We're probably not as patient and as mum might be. So I think I've got a bit of both, but I might have leant towards Don a bit more. But yeah, growing up, he was obviously a mentor and mum, mum the same. So, you know, you mentioned Don McLeod, who's your dad, is a well-known and respected insurance identity. He's also a major part of the business that you work for. Is that a help or a hindrance, Nick? Um, it depends who you're dealing with, Mark. No, I think it's a help more than anything. I'm obviously, well, Mike McShane, Don's business partner is also my godfather. So they've both, you know, been huge mentors and played a large role in my personal life, let alone my professional life. So yeah, I think both been great mentors to me. And and obviously I've got a bit of a leg up on the industry given, you know, I'm working in a family business that I've been in there my whole life. So yeah, it's more of a help than a hindrance, but sometimes it can be a hindrance, that's for sure. I know your dad reasonably well. I'm sure he wouldn't have cut you any slack if you didn't cut the mustard. No, it was good. I'm pretty sure you would have known about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that's part of the reason I wanted to and he wanted me to as well was to go and work with Barry for a year or so and sort of make an independent decision, you know, if I were to like the industry or not, which was in hindsight probably a very smart move. I want to quote something to you, Nick. In a CGU article you said, my favourite thing about the industry is the people within it. I've built genuine friendships in my relatively short career already and I think this continues to drive me. So. You joined insurance in 2014 with, as you say, with Barry Fitzpatrick. And prior to that, you'd worked, as, as you said, as a sports coach, a warehouse employee and an admin assistant. What makes you hang around the insurance industry? I think it's the people that, as I said in that quote, that really keeps me hanging around, to be honest. I'm a very personable person. I like speaking to people. I like being around people. So as everyone in the industry would know, the, the friendships and the, and the people you meet, everyone is just great people, really. I'm sure there's a few that don't you know, put in as much as others, but everyone I've met along the way, particularly when I had a few years up in Sydney, met some great mates who were then working for insurance companies. Now they've changed, you know, changed roles. And I was relatively young and relatively early in my career up there, but they sort of took me under their wing. And James Darville, who I know a lot of you will, will know, you know, through work and through the different traps, but he was over at my Bucks party last weekend. And so there's been some really good personal relationships forged from the insurance industry that I think without... I can't comment too much on other, other industries or sectors, but I think it's a real strength of the insurance industry anyway. So when you said to your mates after you'd finished university, I'm going to 
go into insurance? Do they look at you like you had uh, rocks in your head? I think so. There wasn't uh, none of my mates. A few of them have landed in there now, but at the time, everyone thought, "What was I doing?" And you probably did as well. I would imagine. I mean, let's face it; it's not the sexiest industry you're ever going to come across, right? No, exactly right. But as I said earlier, I had up my sleeve, and you know, I watched Dad have a very fun rewarding career. So I knew something good about it. I just wasn't sure what it was. So I'm glad I took the plunge. I want to talk a little bit about challenges. Nick, if I asked you what's the hardest challenge you've had to overcome in your life to date, what would you say it was? Nothing really springs to mind that is worth sort of raising. I don't think I've been extremely lucky. I'm sure my time will come in the gun at some point. But yeah, at this stage, I don't have too much to complain about in terms of you know the hardest challenge I've had to face, to be honest. There's been minor things along the way, but yeah, there's nothing too drastic that hasn't, you know, that sort of rocked me or changed my life to date, touch wood. So yeah, I've been very fortunate from that point of view. Yeah, that's brilliant. And the reason I asked that question is because I wanted to talk about walking about talking. What is it, please? And why are you involved? So walking about talking was a, when I was, as I said, I was living up in Sydney for two or three years, setting up our New South Wales branch up there with a guy called Ben Gare, who I'm sure you'll know as well. Um, and I was living with two of my close mates at the time in, in Bondi and we found ourselves sitting around probably relatively early hours in the morning having a few beers and we sort of came across the concept how lucky we were that none of our friends had, or you know, one of our direct friends had been affected by mental health that we knew and we thought it would be a good idea to do something sort of proactive rather than reactive to something that had happened. So we thought we should do a bit of organise a charity organisation or a charity walk or you know, we landed on this idea of doing a 50-kilometre walk from Palm Beach to Bondi Beach in silence to play on the idea of how hard it can be to talk, you know, when you're going through something, something tough mentally. So, yeah, the three of us were going to do that walk and then we ended up opening it up to a few of our friends. And the first year we had, I think, 150-odd walkers join us and the second year similar numbers and we raised, yeah, just shy of 300 grand over two years for the Black Dog Institute. So... Yeah, it was great. And similar to what I was saying before, you know, we had insurers sponsor us. Some of the insurance companies who were based in Sydney did the walk with us. So it's another reflection of why the industry is so great. Yeah, no, it was a really successful event. Um, we're thinking about kicking it off again probably next year once COVID sort of got in the way the last couple of years, but we're, yeah, we're keen to get it going again. I want to talk a little bit about that because you work in an organisation that's a sizable group. Have you noticed that there's been a shift in terms of mental health related issues within not just your business but the industry overall? I think it's it's certainly more spoken about, which I think is a step in the right direction. I know Jewel do a lot of work with the Black Dog Institute as well. I think everywhere we go, it's slowly becoming a more approachable topic, which there's no reason why it shouldn't be, but it, it obviously notoriously has been. So I think um, obviously COVID was a really rough time for everyone, particularly those in Victoria where we're predominantly based. And I think that encouraged everyone to just check in with, with their mates and their colleagues a bit more than they probably once did pre-COVID. So, yeah, I guess it's very hard to find a silver lining for COVID, but I think probably forced everyone to just ask a few more questions about how everyone around them is going rather than sort of just get stuck in their rabbit hole and not worry about anyone else. And I think the ways of working changed as well, right? Because all of a sudden you've now got this hybrid way of working where people come into the office sometime and don't other times. Have you found as a younger person, has that been more beneficial or has it been more challenging? I think it's probably more used to the workplace in general, sort of that hybrid model. I think it's beneficial, to be honest. A lot of those younger, we're obviously a very old industry that 
take time to change. And even pre-COVID, you look at some of the more modern industries and sectors, you know, they're doing work from home or some of them don't even have offices. They're a bit more. Yeah, I think it's beneficial if it's done correctly and adhered to and, you know, not taken for a ride. If everyone keeps doing their work and, and respecting it, then it's certainly a beneficial part of, you know, the workplace offering and your employment offering. We're speaking with Nick McLeodie, who's the National Manager Broking at McLeodie McShane Insurance Brokers. Nick, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your job. Give us a short thumbnail version of what it is that you do. It's another very good question. I've, um, I've had a few different hats the last 6, 12, 18 months. I guess day to day, my main role would be looking after and sort of onboarding our new corporate authorised representative. So that's around, around Australia. And then in conjunction with that, I sort of represent myself and Meg Long, our GM, our, um, you know, we've got 30-odd joint venture companies, which McLeod and McShane Insurance Brokers have an equity in. So Meg and I, in conjunction with Don and Mike, to a degree, we sort of represent our shareholding in those companies and, and step in and help where we can without sort of overstepping the mark. So we like to, all those companies to be run independently, but obviously, you know, if they need a hand or whatever it might be, or we sort of manage that relationship in conjunction um, with that branch manager or that joint venture partner. So what would you say is the favourite part of what you do? Travelling is probably my favourite part. I'm still very young in my career. Whilst I'm getting married, I've, you know, I've got less commitments than a few of the other senior heads around the office do have. So I can easily jump on a plane you know, tomorrow without having to drop too many commitments at home. So I've really made the most of that. I travel heaps, a lot around regional Victoria and then up and down the East Coast. It's something that I really appreciate with the job, being able to be in front of different people in different states and just hear hear different stories. It's probably my favourite part of what I do, yeah. Brilliant. Mine too. Hey, uh, what would you say is the most challenging part of your role? The last probably six months, I've moved more into a, a role which involves managing people, which is something I haven't really had a huge amount of experience in. I'm lucky that our team is incredible and everyone who works within the organisation is very similar and they're all great people trying to do great things and they're, no one's, you know, everyone's a part of a team environment, which has certainly made it a lot easier. Just the idea of managing different people and personalities and making sure everyone's sort of catered for. It's a good challenge, but it's certainly a different challenge to what I've had previously. You have to wear a number of hats when you're managing people, don't you? It's not just the work, it's what's happening in their lives and there's a whole range of bits and pieces that fall under that umbrella. And it's a rewarding challenge, I guess. If you see everyone else having a good time and enjoying their workplace, then it's a sign you know, you're doing the right thing and the job's ticking along in the right direction. I want to ask you, Nick, if you were able to go back to that young man that was studying a bachelor's degree in management, what advice would you give yourself? What would I tell myself? I'd tell myself just to speak to anyone really and listen to anyone and attend meetings and attend sessions and just get in front of as many people and opportunities as you can really. I think I tried to do it as much as I could, but often you feel like you're a bit, whether you're an imposter or you don't, you're not experienced enough to be somewhere or whatever it might be in any industry or any day-to-day activity. But then when you look back and you think, well, you know, no one else cared that you were there or weren't there. So you may as well be there and listen and try and get something out of it. So I think, um, yeah, just have being open-minded and, and chatting and listening to anyone along the way, no matter where they fit in, would be something I probably wish I did a bit better than I did. And it's a difficult one, right? Because you're wet behind the ears. You really don't know much about anything. And it's difficult to front up to someone that's been in the industry a long time. But one of the things I do know is that people give you time. Yeah, for sure. And, and my previous manager, Ben Gare, who I mentioned before, he was big on that. He said, just get in front of people and ask stupid questions because you're better off finding out that way than, than um, finding out 
a much more detrimental way. So I'm grateful for that little life lesson from Ben. If I said to you, Nick, what has been the biggest challenge you faced in your career to date, what would you say it was? Again, I've been very fortunate, but moving to Sydney at a pretty young age with a very green sort of business, I wasn't overly experienced at the time either, was challenging, but I look back on it and it's probably my favourite part of my career to date, really. We had a great time up there and it was very rewarding what we managed to do, but I think at the time it was sort of... I'd never lived anywhere outside of Victoria. Whilst I'd, I'd moved out of home, obviously, but I hadn't. I'd always been able to sort of lean on the family or lean on your friends. Or so moving interstate was relatively challenging, but certainly rewarding. And I think too, you know, it's like being in the deep end of the swimming pool. You're either going to swim or you're going to drown. Yeah, exactly. And like I mentioned before, like I made some great mates up in Sydney that you know I probably wouldn't have if I was still just working in Melbourne and Richmond and hanging out with the same people I have my whole life. So yeah, certainly rewarding phase of my professional career anyway. Hey, I've got a couple of final questions for you, sir. First one is, if you had a magic wand and you could change anything about the insurance industry, what is it that you change? I think it's funny. It's quite timely, actually. I just got back from the UK on our inaugural McLeodie McShane UK tour, and we were talking about something similar over there when we were having a few drinks one night, and, and you look around. I'm not sure if you've been there, Mark. I'm, I'm probably sure you have around um, Lloyd's, everyone who works there is so proud of their industry and proud of what they do and, you know, they're all dressed very nicely. They they really take they take a lot of pride in how they present themselves around the workplace, which I think, insur- as we said at the start, insurance, no one really knows about it unless you, you fall into it or, you know, it's one of those industries that it's not sexy, it's not, you know, glamorous, whereas over there, it's a, you know, everyone who is involved in the insurance industry over there is extremely proud and grateful for the profession that they're doing. So I guess I'm not sure what the answer is, but I wish, um, yeah, it'd be great to be for everyone who works in the insurance industry in Australia to take a bit more pride in in working in the industry because it's obviously a huge part of you know the financial district in the world. So it's funny that it's sort of frowned upon back in Australia compared to London and and you know the US as well. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they have this sort of let's call it confidence in terms of what insurance is and what it actually does, and we seem to have missed the boat a little bit on that. Oh, I guess we're getting better at it now, but over there, the youths coming through, you know, they all aspire to be in the insurance industry. They they do the courses, they study for it. Similar to like, like an investment banker, I guess, in, in Victoria or Australia where they, that's sort of, you know, the be all end all when you're going through a commerce degree at university, whereas in the UK, it's certainly, you know, the insurance industry is a, a great alternate to any sort of banking or finance job and they, yeah, they really make the most of it. And final question for you. So what's next for Nick McClarty? What's next for me? Well, as I said at the start, I'm getting married in 10 days and moving house in eight days. So I've got a fairly busy schedule coming up in the short term. But yeah, so we'll, we'll get past that. And then, yeah, the next few years, I think we just want to continue growing the company. I'm obviously sticking around for as long as I can. So yeah, we'll keep pushing along, finding people that we want to want to work with and build with and, and hopefully keep growing the company like we have the last couple of years. Hey, thanks so much for being on Business Made Personal with me. Thanks for having me, Mark. Good fun. Thank you so much for lending us your ears. Please remember to click follow on your podcast app or subscribe at bmppodcast.com.au so we can give you a sneak peek of our next guest. Until next time, I'm Mark Silvera and you've been listening to Business Made Personal.